0: You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church by visiting church2911.com. Here's our lead pastor, Rick Hand, with this week's message.
1: Okay, so what is the reason? Okay, so we've talked about fruit of the Spirit, we've talked about gifts of the Spirit, we've talked about motivational gifts, we've talked about unity, we've talked about prayer for the last 17 weeks. Since easter when jesus got up you know he purchased our salvation on the cross and then he went before us in resurrection so that it doesn't end at the grave but since then that's not the end man that's just the beginning if you really embrace this christian walk it's just the beginning so what is the reason for all of those things glad you asked First of all, I want to talk about it. And I don't know if Kurt looked at my notes before he came this morning, a little devotion that he gave, gave us in our prayer this morning, but I'm going to start with seed this morning, and uh, that's the devotion he gave us a little bit about seed. Y'all, y'all ever thought about seed? Now, uh, you know, us pastors, we only work one day a week. Y'all know that, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's what people have always said, right? So what we do the rest of the week is we sit around and think about stuff, you know? And we, we just go weird places sometimes. In our, yeah, and sometimes, I, you know, I've, and I've preached on seed a lot of times before, and some of these even thoughts I've thrown in sermons before. Uh, but I've, I just think about it and just kind of go deep with it. Like, what does seed really, really do? There are two things that seed does that I, I want to, I, I'm, that the fruit does that I, I want to share with you. The, the, the fruit, like the fruit of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and difference. Two things. That fruit does, okay. And here's the first one. The first one is it provides nourishment for others passing by. In other words, a blessing to others. Like, have you ever been? You know, maybe maybe if you lived in the days of Johnny Appleseed, this would make more sense, right? But you ever been and and you just reached up and grabbed a piece of fruit off of a tree or something? I remember we had an apple tree in my front yard, and we didn't, you know, we didn't have to make an appointment. You know, we didn't have to ask mom to do anything. We just climbed the tree and get an apple. And start you know start munching on it, you know and that would be the snack for that afternoon you know we got hungry we also had a mulberry tree in our backyard man and that was awesome love getting those little bitty berries and just and just eating on them until somebody told me those little black things on them were spider eggs and then we were scared that we we're gonna have them in our belly whatever you know but they were really wonderful just and 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 so that's what fruit does fruit provides something for the people who are walking by okay now what else does fruit do it also Produces new trees. Now, of course, if we're talking about a fruit that's on a bush, it'd be a, a new bush. But produces new trees by holding, protecting, and carrying the seed. Okay, that's that's what fruit does. Okay, it produces new trees by all these things. Okay, so fruit, first of all, protects. Let's dig into this just a little bit. Fruit protects the seed. Now if you think about an apple or any fruit you want to, you think about an apple, inside of there is a seed. And th- that seed stays in there. And it can stay in there for a long, long time, you know, and, until that apple totally rots away. And the seed can still be alive even though it's dead because it has the potential to rise again. It has the potential to come back to life when water and, and, then, and then eventually sunlight hits and all those things. But the, the fruit protects the seed. Now, now, think about this. Relate that to us and how our fruit... Can protect the seed now we're talking about the seed that produces other trees we're talking about the seed that we plant in someone else's life that doesn't know Christ so they can become a Christian so they can have a relationship with Jesus Christ our fruit protects that seed because there are times in our life that it would be easiest to be angry and tell everybody we're angry right Driving down the road, somebody cuts you off and you want to wave at them with 20% of your hand, right? It would be Sometimes it's easiest to act out in anger, but love and peace and patience, what, what does that do? When, when we act in those ways, you know what it's doing? It's protecting our seat. Because when we act out in anger, ain't nobody going to listen to what we got to say. Nobody cares about your religion. If that's, the way you, if that's the way your Jesus makes you act, you're no different than the rest of the world. So the fruit that Jesus has given us to live our lives in protects this seed that we have so that we can plant it into other people's lives. And get, man, I, I can't tell you the places that I've had to go back and I've had to weed some, you know, you know what I'm talking about, weeding some beds, where I've, instead of planting the good seed, I've maybe planted some bad seed. Maybe I was a little angry. Maybe I was a little impatient. Maybe, maybe I, I said something I shouldn't say in the wrong way or whatever, and I had to go weed some places because my seed wasn't being protected. I didn't protect my seed. That's what fruit does. It protects your seed. But fruit also protects the seed, but it also carries the seed. When uh, I went to Pastor uh, Jamie's home church years ago, um, Man, how long ago has that been? 20 years ago. Has it been something like that? Close to that? I don't know. Uh, probably, probably 20 or more years ago. Uh, Jamie was an infant. I mean, she was really, really small. She was, you know, she, she was really small, right? Uh, one day, the, uh, a, a man in the church who took care of the lawn, he took care of cutting the lawn and everything, he came running to me and he said, Hey, you got to come out here and see this. And so I didn't know what in the world, you know, I figured snake, you know, something like that. So I didn't call David to go with me because I didn't know what was out there. So I followed him out there and there was, there were these vines running along the ground and there was these watermelons right beside the parking lot of the church. We hadn't planted any watermelons, you know, unless somebody did that in the middle of the night and didn't tell me about it. We hadn't planted any watermelons, but here's, here's what, here's what, I hadn't been there a long, long time when this happened, you know, so I knew we didn't do that. And, and what I also knew is I knew some things about the history of the church and some things that they had done around in places and like some of the ministry that men had had with the little boys there that, you know, and, and they probably had a day that they had brought out watermelons and the little boys ate all the watermelons. Boy, wouldn't that be great to have such a ministry of men to little boys here at 2911? Just let that settle there for a minute. Let some people think. Let God talk. You know, Holy Spirit's stirring you, right? We've been talking about finding your place, right? Wouldn't it be awesome to have that? Well, these, these guys were doing that. I, and I just had in my, my mind's eye this picture of a little boy sitting out there eating watermelons, and one of them spits a seed, you know, and then the other one says, I can spit further than that. And spirits another, and they're just spitting seeds out there, right? And this, this probably happened a long, long time ago, but then we had had some work done. As, as Right before I got there, they had expanded the parking lot, and they had, had to, you know, churn up the dirt that was out there. And there in that dirt were those seeds that were spit out there, who knows how long ago. And so they finally, you know, they get the water, and they begin to get the sun, and they sprout up. And we've got watermelons. I actually took one in. That y- y'all won't believe this, but I took one in actually to a sermon on a Sunday morning and pulled it out of the pulpit, right? Y- y'all would believe I would do that, wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. I did that because and, and and gave this illustration, this example. This is what, this is what fruit does. It, it, it carries the seed to places that maybe it can never go on its own because we pull the apple down and we're walking and we're eating the apple. Then when we throw it down somewhere else, then it, another tree can be birthed over here not just right under the tree but can be birthed over there or somebody takes a, a whole basket of apples or watermelons and they take it anywhere and so the the fruit it carries the seeds to places where it can produce a new tree that's why fruit is so important or 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 like the gifts okay the fruit the spirit the gifts the spirit and all this you know like give, give me that slide so we can read this together love patience gentleness etc it's for somebody else those are the fruit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness. Those are for someone else. God didn't give you gentleness for yourself. I mean, sometimes I think that's the way we look at, we look at all this stuff God's given us. He didn't give you gentleness for yourself. I know we, so sometimes we need to be patient with ourselves, right? But he didn't, it really, that's not for us. It's for somebody else. The same way with spiritual gifts, words of wisdom, knowledge, even interpretation. Those are for someone else. He he gives us these, those are like spoken words for someone else a gift of that kind of of that magnitude and motivational gifts of mercy encouragement teaching etc. They are for someone else, not for me. I meant I don't teach myself. I know some people say I taught myself how to do this. Well, you didn't really teach yourself how to do this. You probably made about a hundred mistakes doing it and trying to figure it out, right? But if you teach something, that means you knew it and you taught it to somebody else. So all of these things they. Are for someone else. The reason for these gifts is not so we can do church better. The reason for the gifts is so we can help others, and so we can help someone else find Jesus. That's the reason for everything we've preached over the last seventeen weeks. Imagine. I know you said, "Well, I uh, just just think with me for a moment." Okay, here's another one of those times where I'm just sitting and thinking. Can you imagine Jesus is leaving? He's got these disciples, he's got these other followers also. And he's leaving, and he loves them so much, and he doesn't want to leave them, and he's worried about them. And and so he he sends the Holy Spirit back. The Holy Spirit to bring what? The fruit of the what? Spirit. He he brings these gifts, the gifts of the Spirit. So this is how these things get to us. He has given these things through the Holy Spirit. So Jesus gives us, He's worried about the disciples, He's worried about His followers. And if he's so worried, why doesn't he just take them with him because they had a job to do here? And then when they reach someone else and someone else starts following Christ, wouldn't it be make, you know, be more, uh, you know, make more sense if uh, he just killed them right then and let them go to heaven too, right? I mean, wouldn't that make more sense? But they've got something to do here. We have something to do here. These last 17 weeks, all of this stuff that comes after salvation is because we have something that we're supposed to do you don't believe me would you believe Jesus if Jesus said there's a reason for all this would you believe that well he did Acts chapter 1 verse 8 we read this just last week we're gonna read it again we've read it several times Jesus gives the reason for all this in Acts chapter 1 8 but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you that's it told you the Holy Spirit brought it all he brought the power he brought all these things and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem throughout Judea in Samaria and to the ends of the earth This is the challenge that he's given to his followers. You'll receive power. You'll receive these gifts because of this power. You'll receive this fruit because of this power. And you receive this so that you can be my witnesses everywhere. So this is the reason for all this other stuff. Not just so we can do church better. I mean, you know, it's always good if we can do things a little better, right? Always good if we can sing a little better, if we can preach a little better. Y'all keep praying. I'll try, okay? You know, if we can do, grow groups a little better, it's it'd be great for all these things to be better, but it's not just so that we can get better being us, it's so that we can be better in reaching, uh, as we've been saying, in reaching those who are hurting, those who need a blessing, and also in reaching those who don't yet know Jesus. So how's this all going to work? Well, let me tell you one way, Th- things have changed, I- I've, I've been in ministry for quite a few years back since before Jamie was an infant, you know, at, at her home church, right? I've been in ministry for quite a few years, and let me tell you, things have changed. Things are not the same as they were. I mean, I, I mean used to, if, if uh, somebody found out I was a pastor, they were normally, if they didn't know it for the last five minutes, they normally were apologizing for something they had said, not, oh, I'm sorry, pastor, I didn't, I didn't mean to tell that story, or I didn't mean to use that word, and they don't do that anymore. I, I sat with a man yesterday for, uh, man, I don't know, probably 15, 20 minutes, and we talked about a whole lot of stuff. We talked about church, and I finally told him I was a pastor, and he never did, he never did, you know, talk about those, uh, I don't know, probably six, seven words that he used that most people would have apologized. Things have changed. Things are different today. You know, now, I, I, I don't mean times have changed, because, yeah, time changes. I mean, you know, it's a different time now than it was a second ago. Time That's not what we're talking about. Things change. And because things change, let me tell you, the the number one way people are reached today for Jesus Christ is generationally. Okay? One generation reaches their own generation. How many of you are part of that much much maligned generation you know, uh, millennial generation. How many of you are 25 to 39 years old? Raise your hand. 25 to 39. Look at those hands going up. If you can, I, I, I'm having a hard time with the lights. Am I? Okay. You know what? You are the guys who are probably going to reach the other millennials. You know, I, I mean, it used to, you know, the pastor, I, I, I had a lot of, of sway in reaching a lot of people in the community. You know, I, I would invite people to church and they would show up. I'm inviting a lot of people to church today that don't show up because they don't know me. And because of all this stuff going on, and we can wring our hands or whatever and, and, and say we don't know what the problem is and why it's happening this way, but people don't trust me today like they trusted me as a pastor when I first got started. And because of that, people aren't listening to me in the exact same way. Now, uh, when, I, 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 when I wrote this, uh, I wrote this back, man, um, I don't know, I know it's been at least three or four months ago. I wrote this, and I had some little other notes that I wrote down under there. And I dropped it into this sermon, and one of the things I wrote my notes that were under this right here is I said, so so here's the thing is there's not another generation of people, another group of people who are going to reach your coffee buddies. Now when I say that, what do you think about? when you think of coffee buddies, what do you think about I mean where where do you think you know When I read that again this week and I was reading that note that was under there as I I had already dropped it in this sermon, I was preparing this, I was pulling this sermon full together and I read that your coffee buddies, you know what, I I was thinking about all you millennials and Gen Zs that show up here at Makers, you know, and man, there was a crowd of them here uh, yesterday morning. And I think about you and I think about all your coffee buddies and you know what, the boomers aren't going to reach your coffee buddies that show up here at Makers. But you know what, when I wrote that, I remembered back when I wrote that, I wasn't thinking about makers. I was thinking about a bunch of boomers, men, sitting around a table down at Jack's drinking coffee. Your coffee buddies, your coffee buddies, your coffee buddies, your coffee buddies, nobody else is going to reach them. You are the person that's going to reach them. You're the ones that's going to, whether you're a boomer or a millennial. And or whether you're a Gen Z or, or uh, even probably the next generations, I'm, I'm hearing them call them alphas a lot, and when they come of age in that place, and, and you're the ones that are going to reach your own generation, but it's not about age, it's about life experience. See, I think, I think back probably 40, 50, 60, 80, 100 years ago maybe, you know, it wasn't so much about it, and so there were other generations reaching other, other generations. But today, it's just we've just gotten in such categories or something, and we just hang out with our own people, and those are the people we trust. And so that's what. So 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 here's my point. It's going to be different. The way you boomers reach your coffee buddies is going to be different than the way you millennials reach your coffee buddies. Let me show you in scripture, okay? A Couple of sermons. The, now now okay. Somebody say why? Wow, that's not a sermon. <laughs> We think of sermons as something that is prepared, something, you know, we got notes, you know, we got slides and whatever. But man, you, you get a, an opportunity to speak to a group of people. that That's a sermon if you lift up the name of Jesus, okay? So here are a couple of impromptu sermons in the book of Acts. And the first one is in Acts chapter 2, which was probably about 30 to 32 A.D., time-wise, okay? And Acts chapter 17, which was probably about 25 years later, okay? Now, these these the time doesn't matter it's the place okay it's not the time it's the life experience it's the place read these two these are just the beginning of the sermons and you can read the rest of them i've got them linked in the sermon notes this morning on on the connect page acts chapter two then peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd listen carefully all of you fellow jews and residents of jerusalem make no mistake about this these people are not drunk as some of you are assuming They acting crazy. They must be drunk. No, no, no. 9 o'clock in the morning is way too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel, and then he preaches. Okay? Now, I don't have the whole thing up there, but I don't even know if the whole sermon is actually in the book of Acts there or they had to, you know, truncate it a little bit so so they could fit it there. Okay? But here, 25 years later, Paul, who's uh, on missionary journeys, this is what happens with him. Paul, standing before the council, addressed them as follows. Men of Athens, I notice that you are very religious in every way, for as I was walking along, I saw your many shrines. And one of your altars had this inscription on it, to an unknown God. This God whom you worship without knowing is the one I'm telling you about. He is the God who made the world and everything in it, okay? Now, he goes on too, okay? He goes on with his sermon. But the big difference is here, not just the 25 years, not just the, the fact that one is right after the birth of the church and one is, is while Paul is trying to spread it, but the difference, a big difference, is where it's located. We're in Jerusalem or we're in Athens. And in Jerusalem, I mean, Simon Peter, he steps out and he's preaching, and he's preaching to all these people, they're Jews. They believe in half the Bible that you and I have today. You know, the New Testament wasn't written yet. I mean, they were living it. It was happening right there. But the Old Testament, they believe exactly what you and I believe in that Old Testament. And so that was where they started. So when so when Peter says this was what was predicted by the prophet Joel, they knew, it, they knew who that was. Yeah, we, we've heard him read. We've heard his you know his prophecies, his his book, we've heard it read in the synagogues. They understood. But when Paul in Athens He's no longer around. He's not like Simon Peter who was around Jews. He's around these Athenians, these Greek, Greek and uh, Grecians, <laughs> these Greek people that they're uh, polytheistic, you could say. But let me say it this way. I, I won't say polytheistic in that they believed in a lot of gods. I'll say it this way. They believe whatever you want to do, do it. You know? And, and tell us about it. Tell us why you're doing that. Tell us why you've decided to follow your religion this way. Tell us why you believe your faith is this thing, and we might even follow you in that too. They just believed anything goes kind of. Man, does that sound familiar? Because what I see right here is I see in a lot of ways, I see, I see the same thing happening in the United States of America. Before I was born, I mean, we have the days of revival, right? You know what revival was. I mean, the, people came to the Lord at revivals. Brush arbors they used to call them, and a lot of, when they would do them outside of church buildings tent revivals i i mean i pastored a church that uh, and uh, it, it's happened in several places where where the church was actually birthed out of a tent revival and became a church but you know what happened as because you used to you used to could say you used to could say the bible says and people would they might not want to but they would listen to you and they would they, they would be pricked in their conscience you know, maybe a little guilty because they knew, yeah, this is what the Bible says. You say the Bible says today? You say God says today? And a lot of people just say, which God? Who are you talking about? You're talking about the God of that church down the road? You're talking about the God of, of the Muslims I know that I work with? You're talking about, which God are you talking about? You know, they don't, listen to that. And, and this is where we come from. And, you know, and here's what happened with the revivals. I mean, in revivals, they, they stopped drawing the people that needed to be saved but we Christians, we got to keep doing something, so we kept doing revivals. And revivals became—now, listen—I I grew up in this, okay? So don't anybody get mad at me because this is what I've witnessed. Revivals came more about us than about them. We, revivals came about, okay? How, what can we do that makes us feel better so that we can have? Because man, I'm having a hard time getting through life. I just—and you know what? Those were good. Those were great. Except we lost our evangelistic fervor to see someone saved. And in so doing, we started seeing fewer and fewer people that are just automatically embracing whatever God says. And so we've seen our country go from there to there. We are increasingly living in an Acts chapter 17, at the bottom, world. And an Acts chapter 2 message will not connect with that world. If we are going to reach an, an Acts 17 world, we've got to have an Acts 17 message. Because you cannot say anymore, the Bible says. You know, but here, here's here's the cool thing for you boomers, okay? For you boomers, here's the cool thing, is you can still say some of that. Because your boomer friends, they are of a generation that was still listening. But you cannot look down your nose at the millennial generation who instead of starting with the prophets. As Simon Peter did, they start in the place where the Athenians were. That's what Paul did. I heard someone say, you know, Paul was probably on his way there to the Aragopagus with that morning, and and on his way he saw that, well, there's they got a shrine to an unknown God. They, they're so superstitious, they just want to make sure they didn't miss somebody, so they made one right there, you know, unknown God. And he said, That'll preach. <laughs> you know? And so that's what he did. Is he showed him, he said, hey guys. I, y'all are real religious, and y'all even got this. Let me tell you about him because I know him. That's where he started, is sharing that message. Which, which sermon was the right sermon? They were both the right sermon for the right place and the right time. You see, people don't care what I say anymore if they aren't following Christ. They don't care, but they care about what you say. They believe you because they watch your life. Hopefully, you've been letting fruit protect your seed. But because when they watch it and you've been allowing fruit to protect your seed, they'll listen to that. And when that seed is planted, something will come of it. Let's let, let's go a little, l- little bit further with this then. How is this going to happen? This how, okay? I've been talking about how for the past 10 minutes or so. How is this going to happen? Uh, here, I want want you to take a moment. I want to ask you, you don't have to answer this out loud, raise your hand or anything like that, but I want you to answer in your heart. How many of you have someone in your life you know needs to know Jesus? And you want them to know Jesus. I want you to think about that for a minute. I want you to get somebody on your heart right now. And I believe every person in this room has got someone like that. I want you to think about who do you have in your heart that you wish they would come to know Jesus? I want you to think about that because I, I want to talk about this while you're thinking about that person because that's how this matters, okay? So I want you to say who, who is it that you know in your life that needs to know Jesus? How, how then do I help plant a seed that can grow one day? maybe even like that watermelon seed. I wouldn't plan it on growing a vine there. It happened even though I wasn't planting it. How can I be a part of that and see them coming to know Jesus? Okay, three quick steps, right? All right, three quick steps. First of all, pray for them. Pray for their soul. Start praying for their soul right now in this service. When we wrap up this sermon and we pray, pray for their soul. And pray that they'll be open. For their heart to be receptive of, of maybe some things that you'll say maybe a, a song that they hear maybe something that somebody else says you know you might plant somebody else might water as Scripture says but that it'll all come if you if we'll start praying God let my planting or let my watering or let my let my efforts have some and and God let them be open to other people around them God to hear the people that they need to hear those things pray for them right now I mean if you really want to see them come to know Jesus you need to start praying for them. It's not going to happen by accident. It's not going to happen. You, you need to start praying for it. And, and, and let me say this. In just a few moments, we're going to close this service and we'll um, close this sermon. But And we're going to have prayer team members on either side. And whatever your need is today, we want you to come and let them pray with you over your need. But if you truly have someone on your heart right now that you want to see know Jesus Christ, I challenge you, I dare you to come and pray with a prayer team member. The Bible, the, the way of the Bible to receive what it is we feel like we need is to help ask somebody to help us pray over that thing. I mean, uh, if you're sick, call for the elders of the church. We're to agree concerning anything. I mean, he, the Bible just calls us to ask someone to help us pray. So if you really want to see someone in your life come to know Jesus, I dare you to come. Let a prayer team member agree with you in prayer that these things are going to start happening. Here's the second one. It's for you to be open. You be open. Now, do they know you're a Christian? You know, you're not one of them secret agent Christians, are you? There aren't any, okay? You're just fooling yourself if you think you're a secret agent Christian because Romans 9, 10, 11, I'm sorry, Romans 10, 9, and 10 says you got to tell somebody tell somebody that you're, okay, let, me, let me give you let me give you a little test right here if someone were to describe you today hey did you see so-and-so I, I don't know who they are let me describe them to you what would they say they talk about how tall you are short you know you know that you're muscular or you're skinny you know ha- how you fix your hair what color it is that kind of thing you know uh, maybe they just describe you know the way you act you know you're either really silly and funny or you're deeply serious or whatever How long down that list of descriptives would they say, oh, they're a Christian, or they go to that church or whatever? How long down that? I mean, is is your goal with your friends to be liked, to be funny, to be accepted, or is the goal with your non-Christian friends for them to understand that your life is so blessed because you know Jesus Christ? You gotta be open with them and make sure they know, or your seed is never gonna get planted. This seed to go and create something new to produce a new tree in them. You've got to do that. Listen, your friends, they've got plenty of people to tell them how to vote, right? They got plenty of people out there telling them how to vote. Just turn on the TV, flip channels, you'll find somebody telling you how to vote. They got plenty of friends around telling them where they where red and white, orange and blue, or green and gold this fall. they got plenty of people talking to them about DC or Marvel, you know, uh, Mac or uh, Windows, uh, Apple or Android. I mean, going on, on and on. They've got plenty of people out there who are concerned about that kind of stuff. They need someone in their life. They need a friend who's concerned that they know Jesus. And that's your job. If you're really concerned that they know Jesus, they need to know that. So be open with them about that. And the third thing is this, do whatever it takes. We use this quote a lot from uh, Craig Rochelle. He said about his church, he said, we will do anything short of sin to reach people who don't know Christ. And we just love that so much, I don't know how many times it's been said around here. It's in some of our literature and materials as well. We'll do it because, I mean, short of sin, yeah, uh, uh, now listen. If you're trying to sell somebody something, you'll buy them a steak dinner or whatever, right? You're trying to talk them into helping you sell Amway or something. I mean, you know, you, you, what do they used to say? You put on the dog, right? But we act like we can't do that kind of thing. No, invite them to say, hey, come to 2911, and afterwards I'll take you out and buy you a steak. Absolutely, anything short of sin. It's the same thing the thirdly church did. Whatever it takes to reach somebody, be all things to all men. To help somebody so that they can know Jesus. If you. I guess we got to distinguish here. Do you feel like it would be a good thing for them to know Jesus? Or do you want to see that they really know Jesus? Not just that it'd be a good thing. But that I want to see it happen. It's not enough to just say it would be a nice thing. But I want to see it happen.
0: Thanks for listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a need, we would love to pray with you. You can connect with our prayer team by emailing prayer at church2911.com or by texting 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting us online at church2911.com and by connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. We hope this message has encouraged you and reminded you that God loves you and has an amazing dream for your life. As always, we dare you to dream.